Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Hello. Hello. Yes. Uh, Hi. The boot. Perfect. I can hear you now. Excellent. I want to take this time to welcome everyone back to Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people where we talk about issues in the blindness community. We're joined today by someone who was on my podcast uh, before, and if you have been following this podcast for a while, you will recognize him. His name is James Laird. He joins us today. James, for one thing, welcome back. Uh, how is it going? And before, and before you answer, um, I, I do not want to talk, I, I cannot talk about anything that is related to health today. So we need to steer away from that, but we can talk about anything else philosophical or interesting in your life. You have as much, basically, uh, you have as much time as you would like. Go ahead. Well, thank you for inviting me back. And uh, yes, in this cataclysmic apocalyptic world of chaos and gloom and doom, I can understand why we can't talk about health. <laughs> but um, I'm doing well. I know, honestly, I'm doing well. Uh, all things considered, um, it's been a little bit dull. It's been a little bit dull. The uh, being kept indoors and uh, trying to find things to occupy my time has been a little bit challenging. But it's been an interesting challenge because it's provided me with an unusual dynamic to play with. Because you probably are well aware of this yourself, being someone with visual impairment, uh, especially during the winter, I find myself indoors an awful lot. So when everyone else has been brought indoors, the family have been brought indoors, everyone's not really going about their daily lives as they normally would, everyone's twiddling the thumbs going, well, isn't this boring? And I'm continuing about my life doing everything as I normally would and still having as much fun as I normally would. And people have actually been turning to me and asking me, so, you don't go out with any suggestions <laughs> what we do? <laughs> exactly. So I've been uh, providing a lot of... Uh, content for people um through various social media platforms to get to be engaged with um as a writer my content that i've been producing for people to read has been very much well received of uh, actually my my reader base has increased because everyone's been uh, okay there's nothing good on tv i've run out of games to play on my computer I've taken two showers already today. <laughs> Finally, I think it's time I actually do some reading. This is why I, this is why we just have to have you on Aaron's opinion. You say your material is is I mean I mean I give myself credit sometimes. I mean I'm pretty I'm pretty hilarious. I I I I, I can I can definitely toot my own horn. I'm I'm pretty hilarious myself. But James, you're you're mm -hmm. giving you're giving me material, mate. You're giving me some competition <laughs> on Aaron's opinion. Yeah, well, the, the irony the irony there is I, I only take one shower a day. and <laughs> uh, 
Well, I mean, I, I, it's, it's been daft because, like, I don't know, I don't know how much you can want to talk about this, but one of the one of the things um, that I've noticed is that, like the toilet paper pandemic. The fact that everyone oh, in the oh, world seems oh, oh, to be short okay, toilet okay, paper. Okay, let's that that word. <laughs> yeah, right. So let's not talk about that. You can't say so because we're on Apple Podcasts. You can't say that that word that started with a P. You can't say that word. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. There was. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. We have to be a lot more cautious. There's been some Fair rumors enough, no going problem. around. All right. So, uh, but no, but no I, think, I, I, I think I think it is very interesting that we are. So many of us are struggling with things to do, and I think that I think that a group of people who are are going to really be very helpful in this uh, interesting time period that we're going through are, are us blind people. Because blind people mm. around the world n- know how to go through challenging situations. Um, so I, I can imagine that other people around you would, would be turning to you for help um as far as you know trying to solve trying to solve their problems and trying to find things to do well one of the things that people can do and the more that i do it the more i enjoy it start a podcast guys if if you Mm. have thoughts if you want to talk to people if you want to educate people if you want to entertain people create a podcast it's a lot of fun it's really cool and every time i every time my podcast whether it was my episode that i um published yesterday or my episode that I published last week. I'm sure you remember, you you listeners out there remember, I spoke to a very nice Canadian lady. We had a really, really good, really philosophical conversation there last week. Every podcast I upload, I feel better. So, I mean, it's it's selfish on one hand. It is selfish for, for me to say this to you, but I podcast because it makes me feel good. That's one of the one of the reasons why I do it. It's something that I feel like I am truly... I hope, listener, that I'm truly contributing to, to, to the world. I hope I'm really helping you to, to really live a more, a more peaceful and a more informed life. And I don't, know, I don't know that to be true, but at least that is my hope. You also mentioned uh, you know, you're, you're an incredibly eloquent speaker. I always, I always enjoy hearing your great accent. It's, I, you, you have a great accent for podcasting. I love that. I love that. You're from, you're from Manchester or Liverpool? I forget. Uh, so I'm originally based from Scotland, yeah. Glasgow, studied university in Liverpool and live currently in Manchester. Got it. Got, yeah. I love, I love, I love your Glasgow accent. I love hearing people from Scotland talk. It's just, it's, it really, it's a really wonderful accent. It's a wonderful way to talk. Such mm-hmm. a fun and, and, and interesting accent. I just, just love hearing so good. It's so good for podcasting. Why aren't you a podcaster? Um, but why don't you tell our listeners more about your content? So, it was. It's been a while, and if you're new to Aaron's opinion, you mm. might not have scrolled through the list. I, of course, I'm just speaking re- re- rhetorically to to our listener. You you might not have scrolled through the list, okay. listeners, but um, I think it was last autumn or last fall. James came on, and he was talking to us a lot about his courses that he does in something about um, something about philosophy uh, and something like that. So, how's that been going? And mm. take a few minutes to tell us all about that. Okay, go ahead. So just to remind people who have heard it once before and to bring people up to speed and things, I am a mindset development practitioner. So I use philosophy and psychology in tandem with one another to develop people's mindsets and allow them to think more rationally 
through complex emotional traumas or stresses. Traumas is one of those words that a lot of people think, oh, that's such a negative thing. But unfortunately, it's the it's the hallmark. It's the, the, the very academic terminology for it. And I personally don't really much agree with it because spilling a glass of milk can be a trauma to somebody. Yeah, well, sure, okay, let's let's go with that. But the, what I've been doing recently is, um, as of probably the beginning of this year, um, I put my course out to the public and invited anybody and everybody who wanted to get involved with it to come along. So my course was developed over a four-week period and kind of runs through generally over a course of uh, two to three months. Uh, ideally, we want to do it in one month, though you can spread it out over two to three, kind of the maximum. The idea being that you kind of analyze where your current ma- mindset is and understand some of the maladaptive thought processes that you're developing. And I won't go into and disclose anything of anybody's, but some of the things that are very classic that you see in Hollywood or that you see in literature would be something along the lines of, I have difficulty trusting people, or I don't want to feel this way, so I'm just not going to feel at all. Mm. Now, that in itself is something that a lot of people can relate to because a lot of people don't want to feel negative emotions. So mm-hmm. they just try and shut them off. But one of the big things I teach as part of my course is that you need to have that level of balance. You can't feel good if you've not felt bad. You can't feel love if, you can't, if you've never felt despair. You can't feel joy if you've never felt hurt. By having that contrast, it means that you will want to experience those joys of life and it will make them feel like there is a joy in life because you have something to compare it against. And that's one of the fundamental shifting points in people's mindsets that I help develop. The latter parts of the course is instilling different models and different coping techniques and different strategies for adapting, creating an adaptive mind. Because as you may recall, Aaron, you and I went through one of the uh, demonstration exercises talking about a a mighty oak tree versus a a swaying palm tree. Ah. And we came up with the ideas like, the oak tree was very rigid, it was very firm, it was strong, it was mighty. Whereas a palm tree is very bendy, it's supple, it's flexible, and, and things of that variety. I, I indeed, indeed, mate, I remember. And uh, by the by, the way, uh, as I go through the podcast, if you're if you just came in, if you just clicked on, if you just downloaded this podcast, by the way, my name's Aaron Richmond. Nice to meet you. How are you? Uh, this is Aaron's opinion about <laughs> the podcast for for blind people. We're talking with James Laird. You know, yeah, you'd be surprised. People do not listen to podcasts all at once and in the same order and from the start to the beginning. So I think it is helpful for the listeners to kind of remind people as we go through every 10 to 15 minutes who we are, what we're talking about, kind of our version, uh, kind of a simulated station identification because people uh, people listen at different times from around the world so it is it and it does get confusing with all the podcasts do you Certainly. remember do you remember Certainly. do you remember what because i remember do you remember what i said about the palm tree because i just remembered what i said about it i can remember you creating a very vivid uh scenario around the palm tree you created a, a pretty much a desert island resort sort of topography um, environment for yourself. And you created the, 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 you created the beach scenario that came with the palm tree. I remember that. I can also remember the idea of a flexibility um, 
the coping with the elements and being able to blow with the winds or something that you came up with. Indeed. At least I think I, that I, was right. You're, and something, you're absolutely right. And I said something else too. I said that the palm tree makes me feel dishonest because people who are fleeing are oftentimes who are on the run from their family or from the state or just kind of are people who need a fresh start who maybe have uh, wronged others, usually you end up on an mm-hmm. island. So we associate palm trees and islands sometimes with, of course, for for, for the mm-hmm. most part, people who are retired and just want a normal life. But the other thing is dishonest people who are fleeing, who are running away from a problem. So that's that's what a palm tree now, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up. I'm really glad you brought that up because it's exactly what I talk about in my course because right. that that linking ideologies and linking concepts with principles is exactly one of the great things that I do and help people develop because quite a lot of people like yours isn't a negative one as such but other people can have very strong opinions of things that will guide them in their actions and their behaviors and will create thought processes around it so what I do is I help identify what these thought processes are with imagery and through localized topography and through image building, through mind mapping, through uh, all these sorts of creative outreaches so that people can lay out in front of them and say, so this is what is influencing where I'm coming from. This is influencing what I'm looking for. And when I look and when I'm looking at something, this, this uh, previous history, perhaps not prejudice as such, but that's the best word that comes to mind when they're examining a new scenario, they're flavoured and coloured by the past experiences. And that's really key to what you brought up there. It's a fantastic point. It's one of the big things I do as I bring forward into the... Uh, no, you're welcome. What I do is I bring forward into this idea of building an action plan. <laughs> oh, you're quite welcome, you know. <laughs> your, 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 your delivery is... is I, I always appreciate your delivery. It's just, I, 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 think, I think it's a true addition to the podcast community. I think people really, really enjoy, really enjoy hearing, just hearing the way you, you tell stories and the way that you... The, mm. the way that you educate people is really, really impresses. Really impresses me. I, I and I greatly appreciate you coming in today. But yeah, um, I think that as as it relates to life, I'm I'm a pretty negative guy. You know, if I've got a if I've got a, a you know a glass of beer, you know the the glass is you know half empty. It's never half full. So I w- ah, I would. But is that negative or is that cautious? It's it would be a I don't, both is the answer because I'm someone who precisely and that's right. And that's that's where it's like being cautious. Oh, I'm such a negative person. Are you negative or are you just being more cautious? You're being more thoughtful and considerate of things. Well, I never thought about it that way. I, that's never occurred to me. Maybe, and I, I think that because of my situation in life, I think, I don't know, listeners, what do you think? But I think I'm someone who is more sensitive uh, to the environment around me and sensitive to people. I think I am. I am a sensitive person about certain things, actually about a lot of things. So I think that would be the case, yes, that I would view it in a, uh, that I am, I am overly sensitive and, and overly observant about certain, certain issues. Um, certainly people yeah. would be more observant of, of things that, that cause them pleasure. I mean, that's human nature, right? Beer, to, you know, slow down or if you're happy, but also coffee. I drink an enormous amount of coffee. So I would say, probably <laughs> not at the same time. No. Coffee flavored beer. Mm. Actually, no. Oh, you know what? You know what? There, there is. I did have one last week, but be, again, 
I have to be more careful now that my podcast is more serious. I'm not going to say the company because I, I have to be cautious of that. But yeah, I did. Yes. I, I, I did have a beer that had coffee flavor. It was good. D- really good. I, D- oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, really, really. I, I'll, I'll, I'll mess. I'll, I'll PM you later. I'll tell, I'll tell you what it was. But man, it was good. Fair enough. Man, good. <laughs> yeah, no, you can. You know, I think the as as, as speaking of beer and and alcohol, I, I've noticed with every passing year, you get all these weird flavors of things in the United States. Well, you know, you mm. you get all these coffee flavors, fruit flavors. You know, some of them some of them are great flavors, but. You know, what if I want beer flavor? Which, which what company produces that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> coffee flavor, coffee flavored beer and beer flavored coffee. Now there's there's a market that I'm not really going to get into because I do not like coffee or beer. Ooh, I know, send out the alarm, but I'm not a beer drinker. I'm not a coffee drinker. I like uh, I, I saying to people, uh, I like my food hot. My drinks cold. There's I only like hot chocolate. It's the only hot drink I like. Um, and then when it comes to beer, I I don't know. I've I've always just I've always preferred fruitier flavors, mm. fruitier tastes. Um, you, don't get me wrong, I I have well, I know, fruitier and I know why that is. Though I mean, there in England, or certainly when I was living in England, I noticed that the food a lot. Some of the British food is British food. I mean, it's it's delicious, but a lot of it is more not really blander, but it's just more kind of earthy so i can understand where you would want something mm-hmm. a little bit sweeter to really g- give it a better kick i i can understand that yeah mm. De- yes definitely. yes the 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 french um cuisines of light pastries and jams and spreads and such mm. never really took off here for simply just weather purposes they just don't like it sounds, it sounds completely stupid and if we're going back in history here, um, when I go to my uh, tennis training, which I'm going to another time, um, I walk over the Manchester Shipping Canal, which uh, arguably is the start of the Industrial Revolution in the world. And the reason that Manchester was so good for cotton producing and for <clears throat> things of sales and many other things was because the weather in the UK is a consistent mugginess. It's this kind of dampness that allows the cotton threads to fit together better. So on the principle of we have a country that is good at producing cotton because the air is muggy, damp, and cold all the time. The idea of having a light, fluffy pastry covered in mugginess, yeah. you can see why it never really took off. No, in this, in, <laughs> it's just it's it's a shame. Heavily, well, but it makes perfect sense. You know what else it is, too? That's, that's, that's exactly right, and that the environment of a country definitely dictates the food. If you live in a place mm. where where the food is not going to last, if it's just going to attract insects and bugs and make a mess, then I can I can understand that. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, but I, I also think a lot of it too is the is the great competition between the English, you know, English or the the British and the French. English and the French. I, I think oh, that's gosh, most. Yeah. I think that's most of it. But the other thing is is the environment that, but. No, I. You know what? I. got it. I, I got to backtrack a little bit because, really, the the okay. climate in in northern France is quite similar to the climate at times in England. So mm. I think it's most of the competition. I got to tell you, but but yes, you 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 were saying something. No, no, that that was that was all really. Um, I. I have a, I don't know if this was mentioned in the, the very first one, but I think it was mentioned in the second one. I've become the treasurer for the Greater Manchester of Reason Paired uh, Tennis Community, and I've been training with some of the Paralympians and Team GB with uh, with Visual Impaired Tennis. 
Outstanding. And uh, wow. it's as as part of my uh, as part of my routine going to there. I, I walk over that that canal. That's that's kind of a passing reference. I can go, I can go into that in more detail if you would. Go into if you like. Sure, go into it in a lot in a lot more detail. Hold on one second. Certainly. So hold on one second. Of course. By the way, my name's Aaron Richmond. Welcome. This is Aaron's Opinion Podcast for Blind People. We're glad to have you today. We're speaking with James Laird. He's going to tell us more about tennis. Um, that is a sport, James, that used to be very, very popular in the United States in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. Of course, it's still popular today. People play it all over the world, but it doesn't hold the same popularity as other sports. Why don't you teach our listeners? Mm. Because some, the sad thing is some of the younger listeners actually are not familiar with tennis. So why don't you teach us a little bit more about it and then talk all about um, the how you play it as a, as a blind athlete, and then the Paralympics. Go into all of that. Go ahead. Most certainly. So tennis in itself is played on a large court with a net over the centre of it. And the idea principle is to uh, use a large stringed racket to knock a, um, I wouldn't say cork, what's it made out of these days? It's made out of something like It's a polyester plastic rubber combination, rubber ball, and knock it over the net, bounce within the court boundaries and then have that continue past your opponent. Um, depending on if you're playing as a singular entity, one versus one, or playing as two versus two, doubles, um, the court sizes are somewhat varied. The idea being that you would gain uh, three points uh, and then the final, the, you need to gain three points to uh, reach your final uh the what would it be called not not death match but a uh, breaking point the 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 round ending once you win that fourth point regardless of who uh, you could win three the other person could win three the first person to get that fourth point is one that would win the round in blind tennis there is a slight variation to this so depending on your level of visual acuity and your field of view, there are different bandings and categories. Much like in any Paralympian, Paralympic sports, there are different categories for different levels of impairment. So those who are fully blind, those who have no vision or who can only make out light and dark, would be in the V1 category. Now they use uh, the smallest version of the court. They use, in effect, only a half of the court. They are allowed to have four bounces of the ball, and the ball itself is made out of a foam, a much softer, spongier foam rubber with a rattle on the inside of it, very much like a, a toddler's rattle that would enjoy making the sound they chink, 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 chink. Myself, I play at the V2 category because I have enough vision that I can make out a screen, I can read a laptop, I can sometimes read a book, I can walk through a street with limited assistance from the from the cane or from my own uh, high-tech super glasses. But I am in that category quite firmly. And that gives me, we use the regular full-size tennis court, albeit with a slight, uh, the depth of the court, the distance between the net and the back of the court is reduced by about maybe a quarter. And I'm only given three bounces rather than four. Uh, V3 is the exact same as myself, only they get two bounces instead of three. And then it continues on that variant until you get to the point where uh, you're allowed two bounces at the V1 category with the full court uh, being utilised. The people that I train with, more specifically, um, I'm not sure if I'll mention the names because I'll, I'll, I'll 
be cautious of that. But I uh, work with a couple of people who are part of Team GB and their training has been instrumental in my success in the sport. I have grown a huge amount of confidence from it. Um, I actually managed to get a point against uh, one of the people that is ranked globally. Uh, so I, I got that one point. I then lost 15 points in a row. But, you know, I still got that one point. No one can take that away from me. Uh, but it was a, it's been very, it's great exercise because it involves a lot of quick movement. It's uh, in the same way that American football is considered a burst exercise. It's a lot of high intensity, quick movements, shifting of positions, body mass movement, sort of dynamic. Blind tennis has got something of a similarity to that because when you strike the ball, there is a return to the centre of the court as quickly as you can, listening carefully where it is adjusting your uh, movements where your where your upper body is in conjunction to your lower body, finding central balances, um, rotational forces, because sometimes you want to be able to, uh, in effect, strike something that is coming from your left to your right and then return it from your right, continuing right, but at a shallower angle. So it's quite a quite intellectual sport in that regard. And where, where the, uh, the major difficulties, I would, I would suppose, is adjusting your hearing for the visually impaired to be able to track the ball, not only as it moves, but as it lands, and then being able to work through echolocation, similar to how bats would do it, I suppose, to know, to get your racket to where the ball is and return it in such a way that it's going to go over the net. Um, I will say it has taken me a few months to get to that point where I can regularly do it, though I am still regularly finding the net <laughs> in the centre. I need to I need to work on some height. But um, all in all, I've uh, very much enjoyed doing it. It came about in a very unusual way, though. Um, as is most of my life, it seems to come about from I was doing this with this person and this person came and contacted me. One of my best friends who actually came on this podcast uh, the last time uh, gentleman again, also by the name of James. Oh, he... I remember. Oh, I, that was a fun one, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. That was that was when I interviewed I interviewed James James C and James V. And that yes, you that did. Was the, that was the one. That was the one where your host was Aaron A A R O N. I remember that now. Mm. So uh, we uh... <laughs> he. Uh... I was visiting him in Nottingham, where he was living at the time, and he had procured us two two or three tickets, I think it was three tickets, to the World Wheelchair Championships. And myself coming along with my somewhat distinctive white cane and my darkly tinted glasses because I have light sensitivity, came along to watch, and I found it thoroughly enjoying. And as I left, an individual approached me and said, have you ever considered doing this as a visual impairment category? And I said, well... It would be something I'm interested in, but there was a lot of things going on in my life. I was traveling, I was doing other things, I was heading out to China amongst other other uh, adventures of mine. And when I came back, the email was still sitting there and I got in contact with the individual. And from there, myself and a core group of individuals set up the community. And from there, we've expanded. We now have a number of members that uh, uh, appear on a regular basis. We've uh, been able to very fortunately link up with Team GB. So we've had some truly incredible athletes help train and coaches, as long as well as the, the coach for Team GB uh, volunteering some of her time to give us... us as plebeians, the uh, the time of day, and 
it's been a market improvement. It's been so much fun, and it is something I've been very much looking forward to doing. Um, unfortunately, in the world's current climate, it has been put on pause um, naturally for for health and safety reasons, which I completely understand with, and we are very much looking forward to returning to it. Hopefully by then, though, the light outside, because at the time of recording this, this is uh, not long into April, and here in the UK, the days are still continuing to get longer by quite a marked amount. We're getting maybe five or six minutes of extra daylight per day, so across a week, that's, that's a noticeable amount of light. So it's making it much easier for other individuals who perhaps aren't as comfortable moving in the dark allow them to return to our community. So it's been it's been fantastic doing that. And obviously any listeners who are interested in getting involved in blind and visually impaired tennis, there is the Lawn Tennis <coughs> Association, the LTA, if you search that into any major search engine and search for your local area, there will be many organizations and institutions that you can get involved with, either visually or fully sighted. And by all means, get involved. It's a great way to get out, meet people and to get good exercise. I myself, I'm a regular gym goer. I go pretty much every day and I still look forward and get something extra out of playing tennis. That competitive age, I suppose, of mine. That's really, really outstanding. I'm really, really pleased to hear that. You know, my, um, during my life, I, I, I am someone who, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not physical. You know, I'm not someone who was given, um, athletic, athletic skills, uh, but I'm very pleased that that you were that you, that you were given this this ability to play um, tennis at this at this level, and and you know let's let's go back to something you said that was, that really caught my attention. You said you got a point against someone who was who was world ranked, like some prof- Was it now was it a sighted professional player or was it just another famous you know blind player? So. Um, I won't say their rankings, but they are within the top 10 of the world in their category of visual impairments, uh, tennis, and they and myself were doing practice sessions and doing warm-ups, and then when it came for the regular game, as was expected, I was able to get it back to them, and they were able to pretty much toy with me, a cat with the mouse. They could put it wherever it was on the court, and I was sprinting all over the place, which is exactly part of the training. I was wanting to get better for tracking the ball through sound and sight, and then it was on one of those occasions where I managed to get a, a slice shot, so I managed to return it with uh, a specific manoeuvre that landed the ball, rather than it continuing for, in a forward trajectory, it spun um, on its on its axis and caused the ball to rotate further out and it went past them. So they are one of the top 10 in the world of their category. We share a category and I was able to get a point against them. So I was overjoyed at that. He, they then put me back in my place and I lost 15 points in a row. <laughs> but I got my point. <laughs> no one can take that away from me. Well, cool, cool. Yeah, that's that's really, really, really inspirational. And mm. let's go back to something else you said for our, you know, some of our American listeners, you know, who are not used to listening to the way you speak. You to to some, I I understand everything you say, but some people might have been a little confused there. You speak quickly sometimes. So right. if someone want if someone wants to get involved, if a blind listener is listening and they, they, they want to get involved in this blind tennis. So, so give us some plugs. Where's that? Where's a really good website where most people can find most of the information. What's it called? Uh, so tennis. Uh, so uh, American football, for example, is the, 
the NFL, the National Football League, or the Football League of America, or something like that extent. Uh, motor racing is under the um, Federation of International Auto Autosports, the FIA. Same with uh, uh, with football and um, uh, like soccer. There's a as a governing body for that. Um, when it comes to tennis, the governing body is known as the Lawn Tennis Association, the LTA. Searching for that in a in Google or in whichever way people find information will probably yield number of organizations that are held locally because the Lawn Tennis Association is um, they are I don't know this they have governmental institutions as in they would govern for an entire country as well as regional sections. So for example I live in Manchester. So there we are part of the LTA Manchester group. However, there's also a group in Liverpool, there's a group in London, there's a group in Edinburgh and Scotland. I'd imagine very similarly if you're looking for blind tennis, searching for blind tennis, the LTA or tennis associations in my area, something of mm -hmm. that variety people will be able to locate an avenue that they can get involved with. I would also endorse looking at recreational centres and sports mm -hmm. centres because sure. even if there isn't one currently, you could be the one that sets it up. We're recording the podcast. Okay, yeah. Go, yes, if you go, want to cut go, that yes, little, go, I'll, if you want, I will repeat that little bit, and we can cut that bit in your editing. Yeah, sh yeah, sure. Go, go ahead. Yeah, so right. So someone would go, would search for for L LTA, mm -hmm. and and they would find the information that way. Right. Yes, mm -hmm. I would recommend that people look into their sporting centers and recreational centers because a lot of these larger institutions and larger buildings are quite happy to rent out space for a very limited fee. Now, gathering a group of friends of yourselves who are interested in learning how to play, getting in contact and saying, we have a place that we're interested in doing this, we just need somebody to send us the balls, the, the, the rubber foam balls with the rattle inside, which the Lawn Tennis Association is more than happy to provide to to individuals who are setting up groups, you can then be the person that sets that up in your community. That's what happened with myself. It was me and a couple of other people who said, we're going to be doing this regularly. We want to set this up. We got in contact with the governing body. They said, great, let us know how it goes. Get a couple of people together and get a register. And then if you have two, three, four people, great, we'll send you some balls, have fun. And that's how it all started. And then we built up from the momentum. From there, we went, we reached out, we found other communities. People don't need necessarily to do that, obviously. They can just go along just as a group of friends and have the enjoyment. Why not? There's no there's no hardship. A bit of daily exercise, a bit of weekly exercise is never going to harm anybody. But I've, uh, I would recommend uh, quite a lot of people to get into it because... Though tennis sounds like one of those, oh, it's how, how on earth can I get involved in that? It's, it's moving a ball around, that's just no possibility. I can't find a fork on the table, for goodness sake. You'd be surprised how quickly your your brain adapts to this um, to this environment. It's the same way as how will I ever be able to walk around by myself? You get, train, you get trained in the, the cane or guide dog training. It's the same way. You just build up your confidence. You start slow and move up. And as your skill and confidence mounts and grows, high, and, and grows higher, then you will be able to uh, attain greater levels. And hey, you never know. You could be the next person to reach a competition and make a name for yourself in that regard. I mean, 
there are people out there who quite um was it Tyson Fury was one of them? He did a boxing match in Las Vegas. He didn't get started until he was in his forties, early in his in his thirties. Now he's one of the world's best ever. He's one of he's a world champion. It's never too late to get involved in these things. And I would very much implore people to give it a try, and then give it a second try because if you don't like it the first time, make sure you don't like it the second time. Okay, that's really good advice for listeners. Or how about assume that you would like it the first time and then like it the second time that's a lot better than not liking oh, no, it the first to not like it the no, no, it's, um, for, for, forgive me I didn't make yes, it in I that regard quite a lot of people will give something mm-hmm. a try and then go oh well that wasn't for me and give up on it but that could be that isolated experience if you don't like something the first try it's not a case of well that's it for me try it again and make sure you actually disliked it it wasn't just a case of it was the wrong day or you were having a, a in a bad mood or it was some something that that chicken burrito that you ate was acting <laughs> up a little bit in the background and went aware of it <laughs> yeah yeah or for me it wasn't the coffee wasn't the coffee wouldn't have been right or something like that <laughs> yeah that, that, that coffee beer is acting up a bit. right right exactly you you always have to you always have to think about that and that's good advice for listeners mm. who are blind i see um you know given you know given the situation that we are in in the world i think a lot of people blind or not are very feel very stuck right now and very frustrated and it's understandable. So I think what I will tell listeners is you, you, have, you there comes a point here where, you know, we, we have to say to ourselves, well, at this point, I need to be a little bit flexible for, for a bit here. Um, and then as far as trying things, yeah, you do have to try things. There was a study about food, too, that says that you need to try something like seven or eight times before you know if you like it or not. Or something to that effect. <laughs> so that that certainly doesn't surprise so me. Uh... <laughs> and so you gave, you gave really uh, you yeah. gave really good advice. It's really outstanding advice, James. And I think a lot. Um, Thank you. I think I think a lot of blind people, you know, do, do activities and and don't like them just one time. Ah, oh, you know, I was just in a mood. Well, you know, you know, you you have to try things in in a lot in a lot of different ways a lot of times before you figure out if you like it or not. And then, you know, in my case, I'm discovering with, with Aaron's opinion that the more I do it, the more I'm discovering how much I do like it and how it really is, is been, at least I hope it truly is beneficial for people. So the other thing is when you think you like something, keep doing it because you might discover that you really do like it um, and that you, you really are able to, you know, change someone's life and ha- help, help one person. If I can even, you know, when I publish, you know, this podcast, if I can even help one person to have to have a better day or have something nice to listen to, you know, that's something that we need in the community. You know, there's there's we have our, our podcast world is saturated with podcasts up and down, left and right. I mean, I'm in a lot of podcasting groups. There's podcasts about everything. I, I mean, you, there's a podcast about sports. There's a, every topic that you could imagine is a podcast uh, for. So, you know, you just have to find the perfect thing. So I hope that this podcast um, tr- truly, truly helps one person. If I help one, it's, it's a success. And so you're, and so your next. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, 
it's, it's, it's very important. Um, and I will say this, I'm not sure if anyone has ever said this to yourself, but I think your podcast has reached out and helped people because if nothing else, it has helped me, I will say. Oh, um, being able to talk to yourself and giving a platform to voice some of my thoughts and exactly. opinions out there well, just pres- having a friendly face to and that's to, and, to talk and with there you go and that's you know what that's that's all i ever expect to hear is that i'm just a friendly a friendly face to talk to um and, and that and that this helps you with public speaking it definitely helps me with public speaking so actually i would argue well i i tell everybody that everybody should be a podcaster because it's positive but for you james here's how becoming a podcaster will help james okay james you should be a podcaster because if you are, you will hone and improve your public speaking skills and you will improve mm. your skills as it relates to organizing your thoughts and planning what you want to say before you say it. So let's say you're talking to people in your course about mindfulness and you don't know what to say all the time. Well, yes. if you were a podcaster, if you were speaking every day or listening to interviews, listening to podcasts, being a podcaster would definitely help you because you would have the confidence to know what sentence has to come, come, come next. And then you would also have the confidence Certainly. to know, you know where to pause and then where to pick up your conversation. So it would help you a lot. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Um, I actually have a, a subsidiary diploma in public speaking as, as, as one of my many qualifications. So I, I completely agree with you about that, about being able to plan Self thought processes being able to layer wordings to build up a certain point. I completely agree with you. Um, it actually was something I did for some time. I did it with uh, YouTube, though I did a uh, vlogging rather than podcasting as such, and I very much enjoyed it. My difficulty uh, then, as was is kind of the case now, is I have a lot of juggling plates between sure. uh, various organizations that I run and my own writing and, and leisure time. I've, I've, I've <laughs> I think um, when people ask me, so James, what, what is it you do? I say, oh, I'm self-employed. No, but we, we know you're self-employed. What do you do? And I give them the full list of my job titles and they go, oh, wow, how do you sleep? Um, quite recently, actually, my grandfather, who is a very brilliant man, uh, the, uh, the quintessential absent-minded genius, very much a case of that. He has uh, loads of ideas rattling around his head. And unfortunately, he, he's now 80. She's not really in a position anymore to launch these ideas forward, but he's still very determined and very bright. So he had this idea for an invention and he made the invention, got the patenting done, got this set up, got that set up. Brilliant. And then um, he realized that he just didn't have the energy to do that anymore. So I, I have taken that over. So I now have another uh, business under my wing, under my umbrella of James Laird Works. I've got about four businesses now, as well as uh, multiple books on the go and uh, helping out family members with various uh, writing projects. My my brother recently is uh, well, he's just coming up to graduate um, sports psychology mm. and coaching. And I was reading through his, uh, what do you call it now? His manuscript. Not thesis, his dissertation. Okay, that, dissertation. His dissertation. Okay. Yes, I was reading through that for him and giving him uh, some editing advice on that, uh, as well, uh, amongst all this other thing. So I would don't get me wrong, I would very much like to get into it, and I would I have some ideas of what I would like to talk about and, and being able to bring people on, such as yourself, being able to to, to have these conversations. I, I would very much enjoy it. It just simply might not be. A, it's more of a time yeah, constraint yeah. thing for me yeah. now. Um, I think if you, I mean, I podcast for as long as I can. 
as long as as long as possible each time. But really, as long as the podcast is <laughs> as long as the cast is thirty minutes, that's that's all that anyone is looking for. So if it's thirty minutes that you have to mm. talk, that's good. That's that that counts. That that passes the 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 metric or the standard, I guess. The other thing is, mm. I was talking with one of my other guests about this, and she, and the person was a little a little apprehensive, a little a little nervous about it. She also, the person is also writing a book too, and I offered, and the, the offer is extended to you as well. And I said you should you should come back on Aaron's opinion to talk about your book ideas. So if you if you want to talk about mm. your book, if you want to publish your book. And then come here and just read chapters, basically, on Aaron's opinion to to kind of oh. do, kind of do our version. Yeah, yeah, okay. There you go, sold. Okay, so he'll be so everybody. Well, so I've, James I've... will be back. Okay, so that response means James will be back on Aaron's opinion for mm-hmm. sure to talk about. <laughs> okay, wow, that was well, he's a mind reader. Oh, that was an easy sell. Careful, everybody. He's listening to our thoughts. Okay. <laughs> it was a lot harder for me to sell it to that other person. She was all nervous. Well, I don't know. I'll get, I'll get back to you. Yep, I never got. Back. Oh no, I think that's a. <laughs> I think that's a fantastic idea, actually. Um, I've got a, a number of ideas and books and uh, even some ideas and concepts in books that would be interesting to, to bounce back as a forward. I actually have been looking for mm-hmm. someone to to, to voice these, to voice well, some talk, of these ideas. Talk to, see, me. Well, talk to um, me about it, James, because, I, because I'm, I'm, always, I'm always a great... I'm, I, I always am listening, actively listening to you. And I would, if I can help mm-hmm. someone else to publish a book, that would, that would be, even though... That it's not my book, I would still feel really cool knowing that I helped someone to publish something else. That would be, in this day and age, that would be an immense accomplishment just for me to say that I talked to you about it. So <laughs> you know, certainly that, that yeah that that would be cool. I would say I would say this is that if you really really want to get into that, what I would do is I would draft your manuscript. You know, have all your chapters laid out as if you're going to publish mm-hmm. them. And then come here to Aaron's opinion and talk to me about it and kind of read through the chapters, you know, it'd be like, you know, it would be kind of like our version of kind of a recorded books right here on Aaron's opinion, where it's kind of a Mm. audio segment where you present it or something like that. The reason that I say that you have to write it down first, though is I would be concerned about other people obviously trying to mimic what you write or trying to take. So, you know, you've got to kind of go about it the right way. I I know that I I know of, and I do not know the person personally. I know of someone um, in, in another part of the world who is blind. And they are also a, a very, 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 very famous podcaster. And um, I can tell you, I'll tell you a little bit more about it um, privately, but they, live uh i don't know you probably know if i say the part of the world you'll know who it is so please don't say it but they're the person that lives somewhere near australia and they uh podcast about you know issues in the blindness community um but mm. obviously a much more advanced level obviously much more they they do more it's more of a interactive show and my show would be more episodic um and right. he this particular person person um, runs just like you. They do a lot of things. And one of the things that he's, he does on his website is he does publication services. So I can, um, mm. after the recording, after I get this published, um, I will certainly get back to you. It's, it's, it's always, it's always, it's always puzzles me listener. You know, it's it, here. Let me tell you where to find it. Okay. It's really hard to find. So let me go, let me go to his website. Um, later today and i will i will get back the 
Uh, I think I'm remembering what it's called now. I'm not going to say it on the air, but I think I remember what it's called. Mm. And I will give and I will give you a a link where you could go and um, introduce yourself. The, Fantastic. The, the impression now. The impression I'm getting though is that he will gladly. He probably will help you, of course, provided that you have already completed the manuscript. So it's for someone who has, mm-hmm. you know, drafted the chapters. Um, and that he yeah, will... most most of the publishing services are very much like that. But his, um, with his the, clientele, the books I have published have been like that. His clientele, though, he, his special his speciality is helping blind people get their work published. So I think you know now. I I I, I is this something that I, I I simply know of the person. I don't know them personally. Mm-hmm. I can certainly get you the information, and you would you would reach out to him yourself and and see how it goes. I, I, much think, I think he would, I, I would hope and I would think that he would be ready to, to, to help you. Um, and, and of course, I, I have no idea how much it costs. Yes, it does cost some money, but I don't know how much it costs. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, the process would be that he would, uh, it's described as he charge, he, you know, he would charge you the best competitive rate um, and the fairest rate. And then you would, you would publish uh, I, I, you know, there would be a publication process, and he would produce an audio and a print, and then that would then be be be, be distributed. If if I was in your position, someone needing to to publish material, that's where I would go. But I also think that a podcast is a book. You know, this is like an audio book. This is a form of publication. Mm. I'm, I mean, we certainly need you to publish your book. I'm determined to help you because it's, <laughs> because it's 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 the right thing to do and i want i want to know that i help someone else it, which again it sounds very selfish you know i pub, i podcast because i feel good i want you to publish a book because it'll make me feel good well the fact is that is pretty selfish but it is it is the truth and and if if you're able to do that i think i would hope and i know that your book would help other blind people and that's really it's really why I started Aaron's opinion because I, I, James, I'm worried. I know we talked about it in the fall last time. I'm worried because there's just not enough good podcasts out there for blind people that really show blind people the way, you know, the way our society and the way our world is right now, you know. So it kind of, kind of concerns me that we seem to be in, in this complex time, but we, we do not, um, in my opinion, we need, we need more more and more strong podcasts to give more blind people more material to listen to. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think the largest thing that people miss nowadays is a sense of community. And I talk to many, many people who feel isolated. And the difference between oneliness and loneliness is becoming more and more profound. Mm-hmm. That idea that people aren't able to... I don't want to say aren't because that's that feels very negative on themselves because that's not really the case. It's like it's more of a case of people feel uncomfortable being by themselves and want to be part of groups, and yet at the same time, when they're part of groups, they feel anxiety and they're caught in this limbo stage of when they're separate, they're lonely. Yet when they're together, they're nervous, and it's that kind of strange dichotomy where I want to be part of something, but I don't know how. And that sense of community is something that I think is being able to people like yourselves building these platforms and allowing other people to build a community around it is very important and that's that's part of why I said that making an impact on myself being able to put my words out into the world and being able to express my ideals and have those 
reciprocated, debated, considered with yourself, with other listeners. It's, it's very important and it's something I value. That's why I'm always happy to come on and talk. Uh, but certainly uh, the next time we, we get together, I'm more than happy to, to go into my manuscripts and to go into some of my, my published and unpublished work. Um, if people are, are so interested or so inclined, they can find me. Um, I'm not exactly difficult to find these days on the World Wide Web. If people are interested in reading my materials, but most certainly next time when we get together, I'd be uh, very happy to to go into that. And thank you very much for for the for the future uh, contact because uh, it's incredibly important these days. Uh, wheels within wheels, and giving a good turn deserves a good turn in return. Or so my family's motto goes. Okay, or just I I I can say it a lot faster. Just do the right thing. doing the right doing doing the right thing is very much an idea of doing it just for the sake of doing it but doing a turn in return i like i like that way of thinking about it simply because it's that concept of don't just accept things for what they are it's looking for positives that you can then pass on that's, that's that makes true. sense. It's that's like, true. It's a slight variation yes. to it. Okay, yes, you're right, James. But you believe me, what? it is worthful. Uh, I, I, we, we believe you, but you know, <laughs> but you know what? In this world that we live in, we have so much. We have so many. We have so much negativity and evil, and so many different problems all over the place. Yes, yes, mm. what you said was yes. I agree with what you said, and. And if I can get one person to just simply do the right thing, that's a lot in the right direction because so few people know how to do the right thing, even when there's they should do a turn and turn and turn and turn or something. But yes, mm. yes, we're, we're we're right about that. Yes, if we can just simply do you know do the right do the right thing in life. Um, James, how would so how would people uh, get get in contact with you if they wanted to? You can certainly give yourself a plug. Okay, I wasn't sure um, what your 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 newer restrictions were, so I was just being uh, more vague. No, that's fine. No, people guess, are... a guest can say what basically no. If you want to give out your information, my my audience will, will reach out. So go ahead. Well, I have a Discord server which people can get directly in contact with me under the name of the Continuers. That is linked with my Patreon, uh, which is JC the Continuer. That uh, is uh, a lot of my, uh, how to word it, a lot of my writing name and my pseudonym comes under that. Uh, a lot of my online materials and online works and free works come under that pseudonym. If people are looking to find my published works, just look for James C. Laird on Amazon and every major retailer and bookstore. Uh, I sell through everything that you can think of, including ebook, iBook, and Audio, uh, no, actually not audiobook at the moment. We had to take that one down because it was an issue, but audiobook will be coming. Um, if you are interested in reading anything sci-fi, fantasy, paranormal and supernatural, uh, it seems to be my current forte at the moment, though I am branching out into romance and psychological tragedy, I suppose, might be the best way to term that. Not really sure on how that one's going to be fit, but I'll see what the publishers think and make of it. Um, addition to that, you can find me on Facebook again under James J C Laird. For my uh, my individual page and my works page is James Laird Works. Anyone who's interested in getting in contact with me, asking questions, or wanting to find out more about me can reach me through those through those outlets. Excellent, perfect, and you know, listener, do you want to? And and if you want to get in touch with me, whether it's you have questions about an episode 
or you want to be one of my future guests, my email is aaronsopinion6 at gmail.com. A-A-R-O-N-S-O-P-I-N-I-O-N-6 at gmail.com. So if you need to track, you know, track James down or you want to, you know, get more information about his published works, you say, Aaron, I can't find it. Just, just shoot me an email, guys, and I will, I'll, I'll ask James, and then we, he can send me back some, some information. Because, yes, I'm sure we can find you, but it's also can also be very confusing in the World Wide Web. You know, people, you'd be surprised. Content um, gets pushed oh, down and disappears and reappears, and you, you never, you never really know. So, I want you to talk, if you want, talk more about these. Um, books that you have already published. I think that's something really interesting. Certainly. Um, so the main, I'll talk about two because um, I'm being a little bit pressed for time at the moment. But I'll talk ah, about ah, two main okay. ones. Uh, I see. Oh, do you need do, because we're coming up on the hour? Do, do you need do you need to get mm. going in five minutes? If that's all right with yourself, of, of course, of course, it's all right with, of course, it's all right with me. In fact, um, I think that we had a perfectly good cast today, um, James. I really enjoyed that. I always do. It, James, by the way, if you, James, have any friends of yours who want to be on Aaron's opinion who have not, or if James, the other James, wants to come back, he's mm. more than welcome. You're more than welcome again. And once again, this was my name's Aaron Richmond. He's James Laird. This is Aaron's opinion proudly on Apple Podcasts, many other places around the world to get your podcasts. If you want to be the next guest on Aaron's Opinion, I'm always looking for great guests. Aaron's Opinion 6 at gmail.com. You can follow my show's Facebook page. And of course, also look for uh, these links to be tweeted out. I have a Twitter account too. If you want more information about anything, email the show Aaron's Opinion 6 at gmail.com. Come. Everybody around the world, stay safe. Uh, God bless everybody. Thank you, James. And as we say on Aaron's opinion, I'm sure you're going to be back again. So until next time, have a good day today. It's time for pumpkin flavors and new fall favorites at Dunkin'. And also some tough decisions. Like, do I want a signature pumpkin spice ice latte? A brand new oat milk latte? A new chai latte? Or a pumpkin iced coffee? Oh, and the bakery. Do I want a pumpkin donut or... Uh, there are other people behind you in this drive-thru. Oh, uh, I'll just take it all. Okay. It's all the cozy you crave at Dunkin'. Pumpkin favorites and new fall additions, like new creamy without the dairy oat milk lattes and the signature pumpkin spice ice latte, plus more. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer.